socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Well, should we say should we say that we're ending at a hundred? Should we announce it this episode or I think you're doing it right now. Oh fuck. <laughs> no. Speech, 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 speech. speech. <laughs> this is really, this is really, okay. Well, hey, this, uh, th- for the first time, I think we've actually done a cold open. Uh, <laughs> hey, it only took 93 episodes. Let's go. No, I have here in my notes right here, it was uh, Scott says, do we announce that we're ending the podcast? And then I start chanting speech. So, sorry, Scott, we actually did a warm open again. Ah, shit. I forgot that itinerary we had. Hey, I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, which we have not introduced the name of yet, and my name's Scott. I'm Kelly. I'm Marty. And if you're just joining us, you picked a bad one. Uh, (laughs) With heavy hearts, we must announce that our 100th episode will be our last Will it be the last episode of a podcast we do together? Certainly not. There will there will be stuffs in the future, but uh, as far as spoofing and goofing goes, it, it looks like we're bringing it in for the close. I'll I'll say I think there's a chance because we, we talked a little bit about we might come back and do a one off once in a while if we feel like it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think when Austin possible. Powers Four comes out, we will most certainly do a special <laughs> oh, episode. Yes. We're gonna do a live episode for that. Yeah. We haven't done the Austin. <laughs> By that point, yes. we should have cameos lined up for us to be in it. So we'll be some of the henchmen in that movie. So we'll definitely yeah. have to be doing yeah. a podcast. Press and you're tour. saying we will make a profile on cameo.com and have it playing in the background of the videos we make on that right yes exactly you know how podcasts when they end become like dramatically more popular after after when they were running and they weren't popular when they were around yeah that's we're gonna be like um what's a good comparison we're gonna be like nirvana you know how nirvana got more popular after kurt cobain died yeah Yeah, i mean good comparison hey i got one what are you suggesting i got one we're gonna become (laughs) you know those podcasts that become super popular after like they announce that they're ending and that they're and then once they they die people are like oh man i just got into it that's not gonna be this podcast let me just say that (laughs) (laughs) hey you know things work in cycles i could see like you know maybe generation z or uh or even you know generation alpha for some reason being like really into spoof culture i think what's gonna happen is gen x is gonna retire and they're gonna have a lot more free time to listen to shitty podcasts on their hands and then that's what's gonna take us off <laughs> and then we're gonna have my pillow ads on our fucking podcast oh, fuck we should have cashed on that years ago my yeah we should have you know Wait, why because that's a good product? What? What's wrong with my pillow? <laughs> okay. Oh. What are you implying? That we're signaling some virtues over here? <laughs> my pillow is bad, you guys. Come on. What? What? <laughs> yeah, he likes Trump. What? Oh. Yeah, and worse yet, he d- used to do drugs. <gasps> oh. Well, that um, that's actually just fucking cool. That's just rad. Yeah. I love that. 
And this is why we're ending the podcast. I can't fucking hang with you guys. So we are ending the podcast. We're going to end at episode 100. We're going to do and we're and we're just going to play the hits these last six episodes. I think we're going to we're just going to do some big movies that we haven't done yet. So it's probably we're probably not going to do any fucking spoof movies the next six episodes, (laughs) save for episode 100, which has been scheduled since the beginning of the podcast. So stay tuned for that special final episode of the pod. This is how I get us to not have to watch spoof movies. <laughs> end the podcast. Wow. We always knew we weren't going to do this forever. I mean, I I always thought we would end at 100. And then you guys were talking about, like, doing the podcast into next year. And I was like, oh, great. So then I started scheduling, like, more obscure and, like, weirder things. That was the same week they um, uh, drew back the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Oh, and also this uh, this is uh, podcast is called Spoof Scoofs and Novelty Songs, and it's about dumb shit. Yeah, yes, it's a somber intro, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This kind of feels like um, this is a very special episode. This is yeah. This yeah. is our, this is our Mark Marin episode, guys. This is a spe- this is the special episode where one of us let's break down our personal trauma, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with each other or just in general. Eh, the one and the same, aren't they? <laughs> this week we're reviewing A Night at the Opera, a 1935 American comedy film starring the famed Marx Brothers, the first of five films the Marx Brothers made under contract for MGM after they left Paramount Pictures, and the first without Zeppo Marx, who left the act to become an agent. He and Gummo Marx built one of the biggest talent agencies in Hollywood at the time. A Night at the Opera was a massive hit at the box office, and this film is considered an all-time comedy classic. The Marx Brothers were a family comedy act who were active from 1905 to 1949. They got their start in vaudeville for the brothers, were talented musicians, and sort of accidentally stumbled upon becoming a comedy troupe, though they still incorporated musical elements into their comedy. The brothers were known by their stage names Chico, Harpo, Groucho, Gummo, and Zeppo, with their onstage personas ranging from ranging from the comic foil to the voice of reason character, uh, kind of exemplifying their real life characters. Groucho Marx's face, real life characters, their real life personalities. <laughs> Groucho Marx's face would become an iconic novelty item, which the logo of this very program is based on. And the group eventually started a series of iconic comedy films like Duck Soup, Animal Crackers, and the film Today. MGM bigwig Irving Thalberg brought the Marx Brothers over from Paramount and pushed the group into changing their style. Unlike their wilder movies that they made at Paramount, Thalberg pushed them to create a more traditionally structured story, aiming to make the three brothers who were still in the troupe more sympathetic and added more dramatic beats to the story. This led to Night at the Opera, a satire on the world of opera where the brothers helped two young singers fall in love by throwing a production of El Trovatore into chaos. This is my first time watching a Marx Brothers picture. Gentlemen, what were your thoughts on Night at the Opera? It's time somebody took opera down a peg, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like no one's made fun of opera in years. So it was about time someone someone took it down. This movie um, does not translate to modern times. That's... I'm just going to come out and say it. I could not understand. I barely got what was a joke and what was, wasn't (laughs) I was, I was baffled by this movie. So it's going to, it's, I'm going to have a difficult time 
critically analyzing it because I, I don't want to be like it sucked and I was really bored even though <laughs> well I was, that last 45 minutes I am not sure I could tell you what happens oh that's crazy because that's the only parts of the movie that I liked was the ending of the movie yeah I bet you were like hooting this whole time and fucking <laughs> you really loved it no I I was caught somewhere where you were where I thought and, and the reason I I said as much as I did for the opening up top. I think this movie is kind of caught in between being a uh, sort of wacky, sort of like more vaudevillian, for lack of a better term, like style of film uh, versus like like a, a normal movie. Because there's like, there's weird chunks of this movie where it's just musical numbers for 30 minutes or like just bits for 30 minutes. Like there's not a ton of narrative until there is a ton of narrative. There's a 12-minute harp scene in this movie. Oh, my yeah. God, the harp scene. And the piano scene. So, a question. Were they... I could. I honestly couldn't tell if they... I think one person was not playing piano correctly, but the other person might have actually been playing... So, I believe Chico... If he was, it was impressive. Chico's the one who plays the piano and does normally play the piano. In and then the I movies. think the harp was just, there's no way this guy's playing that harp. Uh, I think the harp and piano playing was done by the same person. And if I had to venture a guess, call me nuts, I think it was Harpo. What? Man, now I don't But do remember. you think it was real? Do you think <laughs> it was, uh, can he actually play the harp that well, way? Well... Let's remember Marty saying that these guys started out as musicians. <laughs> no, I'm not. And let's remember, remember that. that his name is Harpo. <laughs> it would be like if my name was Guitaro, and you're like, is this guy really playing guitar? <laughs> I mean, they are all musicians. Like they all were talented musicians. Okay, well that's good for them. Good for them on making it big on the YouTube. He his piano playing. He was like doing like piano bits, but then the yeah. harping seemed to be kind of straight down the plate just watch this guy play harp for 10 minutes it was like him being like i'm i'm hey i'm funny but also i'm sensitive <laughs> yeah they clearly were like okay we need to make the sympathetic characters like endeared to the audience so they had three musical numbers back to back to back where like normally in a movie this would just be like some kind of funny medley that the guys would do and they would do like a kind of competing thing with each other or something and the crowd would like love it but instead they just did very sincere performances and it took up like 15 minutes of the movie and it was very bizarre this is what yeah. i mean like i think this movie was just like they clearly because their older movies are known for doing more stuff like this where it's just more kind of like it's more Scott brought this up, I think, when we talked about um, The Mask, about how The Mask was great at, like, it was more of an old-school type of comedy where it's more about set pieces and stuff, and that's clearly what works in this movie, I think. All the set piece stuff is really great. All the comedy, big set pieces, like, everybody getting crammed into the small room, that scene is, like, fantastic. Uh, and, like, over the lot of it outside of those set pieces was not very good. Like, it was just very rot and also just not... Um, developed very well i don't know it was just very like flat otherwise i, I found the love triangle extremely compelling <laughs> you mean the love triangle of i don't like you and the other guy's like yeah but you should like me and she's like no i don't like you at all so there's no tension of like she's gonna fall in love with this other guy yeah hey it was from 1935 you couldn't just have that in there except then also groucho was just constantly like you're my lover to the rich woman and a lot of sexual harassment towards her so that was yes. fun. That was good classic comedy. 
Yeah, it's time we cancel fucking Groucho Marx. <laughs> Pull I him out of his grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> take his first take off his glasses, his mustache, his nose. Yeah. <laughs> this Groucho Marx guy is a little problematic. I don't know. He's also <laughs> just the peanut gallery of the movie. Like holy shit. He just doesn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. I couldn't imagine why no one just punches him in this movie. Yeah. He was so irritating. He was the whole time. very obnoxious. Yeah. He was like annoying and it's like, dude, just be polite. Yeah. Polito. <laughs> Not Croucho. <laughs> I love Harpo, though. Harpo was very entertaining the entire movie. Yeah, well, but they I, didn't I'm give him a single Groucho. line. <laughs> Groucho was cracking wine. It's like, can you just be serious for once? <laughs> oh, be serious like that guy. Uh, 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 I'm trying, <laughs> I can't think of a Groucho yeah. line. And that's why he is the Well, pro. here's the thing. There weren't any serious movies before this one, so he didn't know oh. how to act serious. Um, there was the little train robbery. We've covered it on the podcast. So, but just, but going back to what you were saying, Marty, Harpo is actually funny because he's doing slapstick stuff, which is like mm-hmm. kind of, it's not like, you know, the pinnacle of humor by any means, but it is like more timeless than fucking Groucho's one-liners, which are all just like a dad's jokes, yeah. dad's jokes, dad's joke. Jokes that were funny before World War Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are you right? They're all like, uh, pea soup. I'm, uh, pea poop. Better not take a bite of that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, it's all just like mild wordplay. Yes. Like, it's yes. all just like shit. It's like Reader's Digest jokes. Like, yeah. The opera sequence is fun. I think that's the only part that works, and that's like the most spoofing that goes on i would say there's a conductor sword fight they swap in take me out to the ball game there's like good parody stuff within that sequence of the movie it's just that that's the only i I just don't understand why this movie doesn't start why this movie doesn't take place over one night and why it's not just like literally a night at the opera like why isn't it just the whole movie is like because they wrote a bunch of boat gags at this opera yeah (laughs) like the boat stuff it just feels so like sort of combined they well, but not wrote really. Two movies. One was called A Night at the Opera, and another one was called A Night at the Boat, and they were both forty-five <laughs> minutes long. And they're like, "Oh, what if one of the guys is from Italy?" Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't speak Italian. <laughs> you know that the <sighs> other opera guy, the nice opera guy, was a real uh, Mary Sue. You know what I mean? Like the two, the two. The villain was, like, just 100% a villain, and then the other guy was just like, I'm nice to everyone. (laughs) They also, they make sure you know that he's an amazing singer and that everyone loves his voice. Like, every time he sings, people are like, that guy's a a good singer. There's, like, 20 of those scenes. Uh The song, the scene where, like, the, the, uh, female love interest and the dude are, like, singing to each other while she's, like on the boat and he's on the dock and then he like finally is like and you and like hits the high note and then you're like okay there's the end and then he goes back for a fucking another it cuts back to him like there's like a weird like five second pause too and then all of a sudden he's singing again and it's like holy shit oh we're going into minute five of this okay yeah it's all it's you know this is what movies used to be like though it used to be more you know just like long. What do you mean? Didn't you see the <laughs> opera scene in Avengers Endgame with Robert Downey just fucking belting? 
Yeah. I am Iron Man. Yep. That's how you'd get me to watch that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when they make the musical version, that is when I will see Endgame. Oh, Scott, we're going to do Avengers Endgame for the podcast Oh, now. no. <laughs> it's a spoof of a short movie. It's a spoof of a normal-length movie. Look yeah. at what you've done. I've seen Duck Soup. I don't remember it, but I've seen it. I had to watch that one for film school, and I thought that one was Was that very one of Groucho's one-liners? Duck Soup? I've seen Duck Soup. I don't remember it, but I've seen it. Yeah, that sounds... You know, the I say, everything I say sounds like <laughs> yeah, a Groucho one-liner. Uh, wow. No, I just wanted to bring that up. That's the only Marx Brothers experience I've had before this one, and... I don't know. It's kind of just what you expect. You, you almost get mad at Three Stooges for uh, ripping them off a little bit, huh? No. Three Stooges are, I'm going to say it, better. Whoa. Whoa. I would disagree. Because Three Stooges, it's like three Harpos. Sure, but I think that doesn't work then because I think you're missing the balance of like the normal guy, the the sort of the grouchy guy, for lack of a better term. Like, I don't know. I think you need that. I think that's what works ultimately in the end. Why didn't we do a Three Stooges versus Marx Brothers episode? That's what this should have been. We still can. Uh, I don't want yeah. to. I'm too tired. Um, <laughs> three Stooges. The, no, they have different person. You got the leader Stooge. Honestly, they yes. should call it Two Stooges and One Angry Man. Yeah. That's um, what it is, yeah. So they got, there's the leader guy. Here's the problem with the Stooges, is you got the leader guy, Right, he's his role is very clearly defined, and he's 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 kind of the uh, pop, the Chico, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then you got um, Curly, who's like you know he's goofy looking. He makes funny noises. It's just kind of more fun to see him get batted around. He's like the dumb one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and and that would be your Harpo, yeah. But then you got uh. Wait, that's Mo. Is Mo the one with like the curly hair and is kind of bald? Larry, Curly, and Mo. No, Curly is bald, right? Isn't that the joke? Oh, that would make oh. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Who would have thought? The third, the third stooge. I don't know. Like, what? What's his thing? You know what I mean? Like, what's his? He's just kind of there. Kind of a repeat of the other two. Yeah, where where you you don't really have a a a, a Groucho stooge. That's what I'm saying. And even though I didn't like love Groucho, I think it still is like what you need. You still need like, cause the movie's kind of centered around him in that way. And it does, that part of it does work. I think like Groucho's narrative arc in this movie weirdly is like one of the stronger parts in general. I think all the other stuff doesn't really work as far as like a normal story movie goes, but Groucho's arc of like being this kind of grifter who loses his job and tries to get revenge on the other opera people and the fact that he's like making deals the whole time and how that pays off in the end of the movie. I think that stuff is all like really strong in this movie. And that's the thing that I think that makes it work in the end. You don't have that in the Stooges. The Stooges are just goofballs the whole time. Yeah. A lot of the jokes just go on for way the fuck too long. Like if you're not in for the joke, then like, well, sit, go like grab a drink of water or something because you got like another four minutes to kill. Like the contract scene. If them ripping lines off the contract doesn't work for you, then like... Yeah, you can get up and, you know, go, like, make some toast or something. It was also the bed scene. Uh, you seen that? You heard about that? The bed scene's great. Wait, were they like all the crammed in the room? No, it's not that one. The crammed in the room scene is another example of, hey, if you don't like this, yeah, go grab a snack. 
god. Yeah, or the the two more boiled eggs thing. Like the rule of threes, more like hey, rule of three hundreds. Uh, the boiled it was it was fine. I like I was I was okay with it. But then when I got to like the bed scene, I was like, these fucking Marx Brothers, come on. <laughs> Just do They're the bad right boys. thing. Like, what yeah, are you Mookie. doing? <laughs> That's where I was at. I love the bed scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a podcast with a couple Grouchos right now. Uh, bed scene was fine. It was just, it's just like one of those movies where if you like the Marx Brothers, you're gonna love this. I think they were being very rude to that poor man who was. They made him go crazy. <laughs> yeah, they really did. He was. He was had a mental breakdown. Actually, yeah, yeah but. <laughs> A cab though, right? A cab. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. The Marx Brothers truly are anarchists. <laughs> yes, kings. As a movie, seven out of ten. Wow. I had a lot of critiques of this movie, and I think it's really messy, but it's still just lovable. And the set pieces are so strong in this. You just movie. give it whatever the fucking AFI gives it, don't you? No, because the AFI ranks this as like one of the ten best comedies of all time. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think a lot of it holds up. But, like, as far as just, like, if I put this on, I would not be mad watching this movie again. I meant like, AFI I the band, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the band, of course. I do, oh, my God, Madden 2005 soundtrack superstars yeah. AFI. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> as a spoof, 6 out of 10. It's not really a spoof of anything, but we've said this before, without movies like this, there's no, without the types of dialogue that's going on in this in this movie, a take on how people talk, on how on making funny jokes out of wordplay and situations... There just wouldn't be spoof movies. So, like, you know, 6 out of 10. It's a precursor to what we've watched on the, on the podcast. I think if they didn't think of it, somebody else would have thought of it. But that's just Sure, me. but they did. But they did, and so they get the credit. Fair enough. Hey, as a movie, fucking, I'm, this is Scotty's rating, right? Mm-hmm. 2 out of 10. I was so bored. Wow. It wasn't funny to me. The jokes didn't wow. make me laugh or go ha-ha, and they all lasted too long that's my opinion you want to be mad at my opinion well guess what i'm <laughs> mad at your opinion seven out of ten that's stupid i uh, wasn't mad i wasn't mad well why then why you did you oh you said wow wow because it was really good and you liked it no i'm just reacting god leave me alone <laughs> all <laughs> <Go> right <away. laughs> as a spoof six out of ten they fucking nailed the opera and it was about time I am going to go right in between you guys. Five out of ten is a movie. <laughs> I think it was fine. It's just like old movies are boring. But for its time, I think it was pretty good. I think it hey, was Kelly, funny. What? Wow to that, I say. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a neutral <laughs> Make man. Make of that what you will. I'm a neutral man. What can I say? Um, And as a spoof, I don't fucking know, dude. What was this spoofing? Who cares? S- f- fucking... Three out of ten. This is is stupid. Why are we doing this? Uh, Also, Scott, the here's what I found on the internet about the Stooges versus the Marx Brothers. Scott and Marty. Oh, nice. The Stooges are an example of basic slapstick humor rooted in vaudeville, whereas the Marx Brothers pioneered a more adult and mature form of Baroque comedy that was not particularly Baroque. well received or understood at the time. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm pronouncing it. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, why are they being like, it's like fucking Mozart? Uh, because it is. That'd be Bach. <laughs> That'd be Bach. Bach, actually, would be the reference. Baroque? 
Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Here's what it says. Here, I'll go on. And this is from a well known <sighs> Giant Bomb Forum contributor, Hammerclaw. <laughs> who said their material their material was more often than not over the heads of their audiences so i guess this one was just over your head scott i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah no uh, it's yeah. just like i like mm-hmm. entertainment that's for the people and like you guys like wow. stuff that's for elites so <laughs> oh no, it, it does make oh sense yeah you know i think you guys are fucking academic think, fucking cronies no i get it i think hammerclaw from again giant bombs forums that i just located for this particular segment says it best when he says marx brothers were just best enjoyed by more intellectually oriented patrons then and now See, oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no that's cool i'll iron your pocket squares and fucking enjoy my stooges <laughs> while you guys <laughs> sip your martinis yeah and... <laughs> hey scott yes you have a novelty song for us this week? No, I have instead <laughs> the genre of opera for you this Whoa, week. Whoa, a novelty genre? Ooh. No, it's a regular genre of music. Uh, but yeah, we're talking opera. So, what do you guys know about opera? Everything. R- riddle me that. Opera. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you know it's singing. All right. Good job. Good to know. I don't think I've ever, no, I've never been to an opera before. Opera. Oh. Oh, that's funny because I, the Three Stooges fan, have. <laughs> what opera? What opera? Name it. Name uh, it. The Marriage of Figaro. Figaro, Figaro. Was that a, is that See, a couple you, bars? You, you know more than you care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in Italian and they had a giant like LCD screen above the stage to translate it for all the rooms. How many LCD sound systems did it have? Um, there was one guy who would not stop talking about Daft Punk. Was that the song that was playing throughout the opera? Yeah, you keep just, you just keep, are you just going to go through every, like, sort of opera, like, tune you kind of loosely know and, and ask, is that opera? Do you have any more? Is that opera? Yes. <laughs> I think I know that from a jewelry commercial, but sure. <laughs> How about this? I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. <laughs> these are great. These are some of my favorite operas. Uh, D- Ding Kelly. No, that one's not opera. Is this a quiz? Are we already at the quiz section? Yeah, and Kelly wins. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so, I mean, opera, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into the origins of opera. We know it's, like, you know, old from back in the day. It's, you know, the same the same era as a lot of classical music. Mozart wrote operas. It's It was for, you know, high-class people. Um, but, uh, you know, it was very popular amongst everybody at the time, and it was, like, you know, the musicals of their day one of the things that um that that opera uh uh features though are the different voices uh you might have heard the terms like a tenor or perhaps a uh a fucking sopranos Ooh. uh and, and and it means like different like pitches or ranges of the voice you know you've got some some terms that describe really low voices and some terms that describe oh. 
Thank you for, for that example. Would you, Marty, <laughs> give us a high one. I know you want to. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that as is. I am not going to I know, that, that was the joke. That's, I did no, a pause as a joke. Come on. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I picked out some clips that uh, that feature these different types of voices. I'm gonna play it for you, and then I'm gonna give you three choices of like what type of voice it might be, and then you are to well guess which which kind of voice it is. So, uh, well, I'll fire up a, a clip number one. You'll give it a listen, and then I'll name off three types of opera voices. You tell me. What you think it is. So here we go with clip number one. Um, hmm. So, obviously that was a very high-pitched voice. Do you think it was a lyric soprano? Do you think it was a colatura soprano? Coloratura soprano or a contralto. Marty, the second one? Who guessed that? Marty. Oh, okay. You think it was a coloratura soprano? Sure. Well, Kelly, do you have a guess? Uh, well, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good. <laughs> That's, in a way, the right answer because... Marty nailed it. Yeah. It is a coloratura soprano, which is uh uh sings high, light, and fast notes, and has the highest voice of all soprano and treble voices. So this is German soprano Diana Demrau as the queen of night in Mozart's The Magic Flute. Well done. Let's hear clip number two. That was lower. Do you think it's a tenor? Do you think it's a baritone? Or do you think it's a bass? I think it's a baritone. I, who I Kelly. I'm gonna need you to. I, oh, thank you. Kelly thank says you. baritone. Okay. Marty says tenor. Well, Kelly, you nailed it. Seems like whoever is whoever guesses first really comes in with uh, you know confidence and knows what they're talking about yeah that's a baritone <laughs> the baritone is the middle voice uh for most uh, uh male voice types baritones are like the mezzo sopranos of male voices oh is that a clue for later uh they're full <laughs> they're warm they sit in the middle of the male vocal range as if i hadn't fucking said that enough uh american this is american baritone rod gilfrey singing uh an accompanied recite recite recitative recite recited he's talking he's doing some talk singing uh, uh and this is from mozart's the marriage of figaro which i've seen <laughs> clip three Jesus. 
you think that's a lyric soprano? Do you think that's a counter tenor? Or do you think that's a mezzo soprano? Mezzo soprano. Marty, mezzo soprano. A clue from last last one. <laughs> Kelly? I think it's a, what was it, a lyric soprano? Yeah. I think it's that. Uh, clearly, you guys aren't as cultured as I am, because if you were, <laughs> you would have known. That's a counter tenor. Get this. The counter tenor is the highest male voice and is very rare. This is the French counter tenor Philippe Jaruski singing an aria from the same, uh, whoops, <laughs> singing an, an aria from, I'm not going to say what, uh, <laughs> and you may not realize it, but you've probably heard a counter tenor in pop music before for, you see Justin Timberlake, Frankie Valley, they both sing in the counter tenor range. So basically a counter tenor is a man singing in the, uh, falsetto. Yeah. Voice. I know what a counter tenor is. One. Two, three. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Groucho, get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to play the harp for seven minutes now. Uh, nah, just kidding. Let's hear clip I'm number four. Point. <laughs> I'm going to be a Italian caricature. Speaking of, let's listen to some opera. Do you think that that was a mezzo soprano? Do you think that was a counter tenor, or do you think that was a just tenor? Gonna run it back. Marty is gonna guess mezzo soprano once again. Hmm. Uh, counter soprano. Run it back. Yeah, that was a mezzo soprano. Hey, for you see the mezzo soprano. We we heard the highest male voice. Well, now we're hearing the lowest female voice. Mezzo-soprano, it literally means half or moderately soprano. A mezzo-soprano has a lower voice than a soprano. Just like sopranos, there are many different types of mezzo-sopranos with a variety of vocal qualities and colors. The singer here is Stephanie Blythe playing a male role. Uh, this is from the uh, the opera Orfeo Ed Eurydice. Uh and it's an opera by the composer Gluck, Gluck, based on the Greek myth of Orpheus, a musician whose wife, Eurydice, is trapped in the underworld. Mm. Ooh. All right. This is our fifth and final clip. Wow. Let's hear it. abrupt ending there um I, did you guys recognize that one at all that's actually a pretty famous yeah i've heard that before yeah well I'll, I'll ask you and then we'll get into what it actually is so do you think that was an alto do you think that was a baritone or do you think that was a tenor alto marty alto uh Kelly? i don't think it was an alto i think it was a baritone but i think it was, no it's a i'll go tenor fuck it 
Kelly, your gamble has paid off. Wow. It's a tenor. This is one of the most famous tenors of all time, an Italian fella by the name of oh. Luciano Pavarotti. He yeah, he's one of the three tenors. Mm-hmm. He lived from 1935 to 2007. Pavarotti is performing one of the most recognizable aria op- opera arias of all time, Nessun Dorma, from Puccini's Turnadot. Mm. Turnado. Uh, <laughs> in this, this aria, the character Calaf is sure that he will win the heart of the beautiful princess Turnado. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Noah's dad once again for napping uh, to the <laughs> DVD menu of some Pavarotti thing with the volume just completely maxed out on the TV. <laughs> so there you have it. We learned about some different voice types. Soprano, high. Baritone, middle. Tenor, kind of high for a, a fella. Bass, we didn't hear that, but guess what? It's very low. Way down here. Way down there. No, even lower, probably. Yeah. And less nasally. Yeah, Kelly doesn't have that bass tone, fortunately. I'm all about that trouble. Not like me and Mart. <laughs> I kind of naturally talk down here. Yeah, I heighten my voice to not intimidate <laughs> people, but if I'm just speaking naturally, this is what... Did you ever have people, like, in your high school who, like, straight up... Did, like, you could always tell that they were just kind of... They were sort of putting it on. They were always sort of... I'm doing a voice. Be Be my friend. No, I never had that. Would you fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to play a game? Fucking me? Yeah, my high school was weird. (laughs) Your high school, your high school of ten people had like so many experiences. So many Buffalo Bills. The locker room. Oh boy. Spooky Kelly. Spooky Kelly. Yeah. Oh no! Is it my week? Is it my week? Do you have a novelty product? Do you have a novelty product? I do. I do. It's uh it's in you know, this is a this guy's this novelty product is coming to you straight out of the beautiful mind of Disney not Walt Disney, but Disney's Imagineers. This novelty the product collective hive mind this, of the Imagineers. Yeah. This uh product and if you can't tell there's not a ton on it that I have prepared. We're doing the handwich today. Holy shit, Kelly. And you, Scott knows where I got it from, I bet. <laughs> yes, a certain YouTube video. Yeah, Defunct Land. If you like if you like YouTube, if you like old attractions mm. and trivia on old attractions, uh Defunct Land YouTube, plug in him. Yeah. Uh, he found a way to make entertainment um about a very like obscure niche form of entertainment that, well, He's got longevity we could never. Yeah, and he also is just very good at video journal, video documentaries, I guess, or video essays, video essays. He's good at video essays. That's what he does, is what I, did, I would describe him as. Anyways, he just came up with a video today about the handwich, and I thought, hey, I'll steal that content, so <laughs> I'm just going to talk about it real briefly. So I'll credit to Kevin Perjurer. Yeah, Kevin Perjurer is our special guest today. It's uh, me, Kevin Perjurer. Um, (laughs) Whoa, what a deep bass tone. (laughs) Yeah, he's at least a baritone. (laughs) It was basically 
uh, Michael Eisner's. It wasn't like his mind child, but he w- Michael Eisner is a terrible CEO. He had a lot of mind bastards. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> He's kind of a, Kevin Perjurer is profiting off of Michael Eisner's failures. <laughs> a lot of his ideas would have the last name Snow in the Game of Thrones verse. Crazy. Um, the Handwich is a food item that was served at Epcop and the Magic Kingdom from 1988 I'm sorry, to the sorry, If we give Marty this much shit for misspeaking, we gotta stop and Ep- point out. Epcop. Kelly said Epcop. Epcop. Let's all point <laughs> and guffaw. Yeah. That's uh, A-K. A- all... Wait, no. No, it doesn't yeah. work. I, I, wait. All, <laughs> it doesn't all work. Epcot's, I already no. did all the calculations for trying to make that work when <laughs> Scott pointed out my misspeak, and it doesn't work, Marty. Stop it. Uh, it's just a cone. It's just an ice cream cone that's a sandwich. Basically, instead of it's a cone shaped bread, uh, and then you sh- you stuff it full. What they were stuffing it full of was not very appetizing. Um, Shit, ham and cheese, diarrhea, pulled barbecue chicken, roast beef and cheddar, and tuna salad. Oh. And you just kind of stuff it to the rim with it, and then you like put a fucking leaf of lettuce around the very top of it and that's that's your handwich uh yeah so imagine like if you cut like a croissant in half and that was like an ice cream cone and then you put a big glop of chicken salad on top because here's the thing whenever i'm eating a sandwich i'm always like each bite is just the same as the last can't i have <laughs> an inordinate amount of fucking yeah. sandwich filling in one bite and then the next bite be <laughs> all bread if you look up a picture of this you're not going to get a perfect bite of sandwich until like the no. very end <laughs> it's just when I go to a theme park, I definitely also want to eat like a tuna salad sandwich while I'm there. Yeah. Like, that's my first yeah, thought. In the blaring Orlando heat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I want I want a nice mayo-y sandwich. Something that really will just like not last very long. When I walk mm-hmm. up to the concession stands and order something, I want the cashier to to ask me, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we don't recommend this. This, is not this guy a good just idea. put two handwiches together and made a I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> the original name for it I liked was um I think it was called the Castle Cone or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot more than the Handwich, but the Handwich is a little too cute. It's yeah, like, we get it. It's like it's, it's like the marketing team said people have to know what that means when you say it, but realistically, like no, they don't. Like they can fucking the, figure it out. The like, marketing team was shoving this down people's throats too. They and wanted that's the other problem like too is so that bad. sandwiches. I like the handwich because you can hold it in your hand, unlike a sandwich, right? <laughs> Which you have to hold in the sand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I want. <laughs> I love it when my sandwich like it's filled to the rim, and then like the top glob falls off onto the ground, and then I cry like a little child. That's yeah. the experience I'm going for. Yeah, when your handwich like melts down all over your fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm imagining like um that that burger king commercial with paris hilton with the car wash or yeah but it's like a hand witch and it's like hot thank you yeah (laughs) so i had a couple of ideas for new the basically michael eisner walked into a room and said make me something food interesting and then they made this was the only thing i i bet they made some cool shit and he was like this one and he picked probably the worst one because yeah. that's like a michael eisner thing to do um 
I don't know. I came up with a couple of food items leading up to the podcast today while Marty and I were waiting on Scott. Man, uh, what the fuck? You're going to throw me <laughs> under the bus like that? It's okay, Scott. It's okay. Scott was running a little late. No, it's it always fine. works out because then it gave me time to come up with these really good food <laughs> ideas to pitch to Michael Eisner, yeah. who is our <laughs> number one fan, Michael Eisner, of yeah. the podcast. And to be clear, this is... Our quiz, as you just like, like kind of saying like tweets you thought of, essentially. <laughs> okay, I get, yeah, that's a fair jab back at me for throwing you under the bus earlier. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, you kind of had it coming. You kind of had that one coming. That's fair. <laughs> you had it coming. So, uh, oops, ice cream sandwich where the ice cream is on the outside and the cookies on the inside. <laughs> Did you guys ever go coning? You guys did coning, I assume, at some point. No. What kind I'm of fetish f- is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's where you, you're talking about where you drive up yeah. to the McDonald's drive-thru and, and no. order an ice cream Are you cone. kidding me? And the, yeah. yeah, I'm not a fucking... I Marty, don't you're not service workers. Marty, you, I, was a ba- I was a naughty kid. I admit this. You did bad. this? Oh, my yeah. God. And, and the, here's the other thing, too, is that, like, again, the prank is that you, like, made them be like, Oh gee, that looks messy. Like no, it's like no. The that's worst, why like, I don't, it's not that. It's bad. more of a prank on your fucking yeah, no, self. Yeah, no. It's more just like that's why. Hold on, getting hot at me about this. It's like the prank is you just crush the cone when you get it from the worker, and the co- the prank is a hundred percent just on you. You just get like a huge mess of ice cream, and the person is just like, okay, cool. You just did that to yourself, like whatever. Just any any drive through prank, I'm immediately, I'm immediately like skeptical yes, of. Yeah. They put up with too much shit. But that said, people are young and dumb and need yeah. they're and full of cum. Yeah, that's yeah. And at where time, I was going. I was that. empty. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite uh, viral videos where it's a fast food prank is when the employee just throws like a full size oh, soda yeah. drink. There was actually, did you guys that. listen to that um, Freakonomics episode where they talked about where like there was like a study on how like the more like abstinence uh, like training or whatever they have in school, the higher rates of coning go up in the area. No. Yeah. That's if they tell kids funny. not to crank they horn, then they uh, go out and cone. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what's your second one? A pushed pork sandwich. So back to the coning talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they just, take pieces of pork and push them together and <laughs> make a big pork. Yeah. Oh, God, this is just like Kelly's tweets. Kelly's tweet traps. <laughs> I mean, I did come up with these very quickly, but yeah. Uh, glasserole. It's just a casserole with glass in it. That's a fun one. And then... A co- what kind of casserole, though? Whatever you want. You can put glass in any Ooh, casserole. Hot dish? Like, like, you know... You can call it hot steak, dish if you want to. Steak cut potatoes, some beef. Some tater tots. Some other starches or proteins, and no what does vegetables. That mean steak cut potatoes. I've never heard that term before. Like steak fries. It's like you know how you. It's like a triangle almost. A yeah, big wedge. Like wedges. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the kind of potatoes you'd get at a steak place. It's not like they're like we made sure. this potato look as though it were a ribeye. That'd be no. fun. I want that. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> well, eat all my potatoes. Put it on all your list, potatoes, and then tell I eat us all my about potatoes uh, medium rare. So. <laughs> oh God. The, I, I want them to be crunchy, bloody. I want it still mooing. <laughs> I want blue. I want it blue. What is it? What is it called when it's blue? Uh, is that blue? Blue is blue is like it's literally out of the fridge. You get it? I think. Yeah, it's cold. Speaking of cold, <laughs> uh, the opposite of a hot dog is a cool cat, and 
It's, oh, what is that? Describe it. It's just a uh, a cold, savory treat. This is. <laughs> I gotta this say, is, this is pretty low bar. I gotta say, pretty low bar, huh? I'm starting. Should we? Should we end the podcast? We can definitely end the podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't do. Like we're leaving episodes. fucking money on the table. I think, I think this is. Oh, that's wait. You're saying we should go. We should go make these into real things. Okay, no, I'm okay. just saying this is good, and it's like, why oh, yeah. fucking let a good thing go like this? <laughs> that's gonna do it for us. Oh, oh no, <laughs> Kelly, no! Come on, Cool Cats was the end. No, that was that the end. Was clo- yeah, you got I don't have any you more. I, Scott, you if you showed up ten cool minutes later, cats. oh yeah. Okay, you should have at let's... least swapped it with Glasserol. Scott, Scott, how about this? Yeah, Glasserol would have been a better closer. But Scott, let, let's think. We should each do one. We you guys come up with, with your right fun food. Oh, oh, come okay, okay. So think of a food and then pick one word in it and then change it to the opposite word. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. I got it. I got it. Mice cream. That's not the nice. ice. The opposite of ice, as we all know, is mice. So uh, uh, chicken cordon red, <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna do it for us here. Oh, thanks hey, for listening. We got a couple more episodes coming down the pike. We're gonna we're gonna hit all the best shit we had on the schedule. So these last couple episodes should be real humdingers, except for next week because we hadn't decided on this. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a good run to end the cast and then we'll figure something else out and yeah thanks this for is listening gonna be like a, a victory lap and yeah it's gonna be good we next really week you me and dupree we love ya <laughs>